explicaciones a ti. Yo no te debo, chico. Yo hago con mi cuerpo lo que me dé la gana y tus prejuicios me los paso por la raja. La dignidad. Happy Pride. Ah, happy Pride. Sí, señor, sí, señor, sí, señor. Eh, esta semana le venimos con un temita que no sé por qué no lo habíamos hablado antes, uh -huh. pero bueno, viene perfecto uh, teniendo en cuenta las celebraciones y el tiempo del año que estamos viviendo. Y el temita es nuestras historias de coming out stories. Uh -huh. ¿Cómo se dice eso en español? Nuestra historia saliendo del closet. Que eso no me gusta mucho. I think that the term coming out is pretty outdated mm -hmm. because of that, right? It's like coming out, coming out of the closet. And I feel like it makes it seem like it's this little secret that we're keeping and that we eventually at some point in our lives have to share. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. When that's not true. It's just people assume that everybody's straight. Yeah. It's not yeah. a secret necessarily or something that... Or explicitly hiding or should have to, like, disclose. Sí. It's just that the assumption is just everyone is straight. And therefore, I guess as a warning and out of courtesy and to be <laughs> kind, basically, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm going to share this with you so that you're not surprised. I'm sí, going to sí, share sí. this with you so you don't have a heart attack. <laughs> this is the preparation step for everybody else. See. Sí. And I guess to yourself, especially if you have a lot of self-hate mm -hmm. about it and stuff. But I, I don't really like the term and I... I look forward to the day where there's a different term or that's not even something that we have to do anymore. Because claro. I feel like coming out to... Sí, es verdad. La asunción siempre es que las personas son straight. Pero a mí sí me gusta el término porque también hace alusión a nuestra historia. ¿Entiendes? Mm -hmm. Desgraciadamente el mundo no es como quisiéramos que fuera. Mm -hmm. Desgraciadamente el mundo no tiene esa fluidez para ver las cosas tan abiertamente por ahora. Uh -huh. Entonces, el llamarle salir del closet a, a la revelación de que tú no eres heterosexual, a mí sí me gusta porque hace alusión a la historia, eh, que las personas básicamente tenían que estar encerrados en sí mismos para no dar a conocer quiénes eran realmente. Eh, tú, yo creo que olvidarnos de, de lo que sucede en el pasado antes de llegar al presente que tenemos, eh, a veces, tú sabes, puede ser erróneo. Entiendo tu punto de vista, pero sí. Sí me gusta mantenerlo para, para que la gente no se lo olvide, coño, por todo lo que tuvimos que pasar antes de alcanzar las liberaciones que hemos tenido hoy, ¿no? Sí, te entiendo también, pero todavía está pasando. Sí, es verdad. Uh, it's not like, oh, it was a thing that used to happen, it's currently happening. I was actually thinking today, we don't have federal protection. They have 27 states still that don't have laws that protect LGBTQ people. Wow, ¿en qué sentido cuando tú se protege? En el sentido that you could be fired from your job. Oh, wow. Because of your sexual orientation or your gender identification. Okay. They can kick you out of a business. Wow. Because they don't want you there officially. ¿Qué carajo? Um, they can also not rent to you or sell to you. Todavía eso. Mm -hmm. In 27 states. In wow. 27 states. And if you want to know which ones, I'm going to let you know just to shout you out. Que 27 states, más de la mitad de los states de Estados Shame on fucking you, yeah. So in Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, 
North Carolina, North wow, Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, which is right fucking there. Wow. South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, West Virginia, Wyoming. Shame on fucking you. Wow. Shame on y'all. Shame on y'all. But yeah, it's not even like a past thing. It's a current thing. Wow. It's a current thing where still more than half of the country is not protected from mm-hmm. that kind of discrimination. Definitivamente. You know? Mira para eso, yo no sabía eso. Tú. Mm-hmm. Yo pensaba que eso era ilegal. No, not everywhere. Wow. Not Mira everywhere. Increíble. I think we get into this mode where, especially because of where we live, of course we know there's a lot of discrimination on the day-to-day claro. you know but like basically we're okay and that's because we have the privilege of being somewhere where we are protected by certain laws at least but there are so many ways where it's still a big deal for example gay cis men mm-hmm. and i say cis only because it has to do with what you fill out Um, in the hospital, a lot of the times they don't give you another option. It's male or female. Claro. And that's it. But gay cis men or queer cis men up until 2015 were not allowed to donate their blood okay. at all. And that started because when the AIDS crisis started, mm-hmm. you know, Era there was this stigma, grande, And sí. they were like, no, you know, we're not going to accept blood from gay men. But it wasn't until 2015 that it was even allowed. And even then, it was allowed so long as the person giving the blood had abstained from sex for a year. ¿Qué carajo? Which, who, who is that? <laughs> who, who, who falls in, not, not that many people fall into that category, right? Wow. So in 2015, they changed it. The FDA said you can donate if you're a gay male, but you can't have sex for a year. No. Yeah. In order to donate blood. And it wasn't until very, very recently when the COVID outbreak actually started here that they lessened it. So that's still a law. See. Right? But now you have to abstain if you're a gay man for three months. Coño. If you want to donate blood. Wow. Okay. Right? Eso Stigmas and shit like that. That hey. is just like. Pero es que además, es que mira, hasta en Cuba, cuando tú vas a donar sangre, no importa qué género tú seas, cuál sea tu orientación sexual, te hacen un examen de AIDS antes de donar. Well, pa- the- para estar seguro. Y no solamente mm-hmm. por el AIDS, sino por hepatitis, of por course. otro tipo de enfermedades también. Yeah. So, of course, they're supposed to screen all the blood that you get. The thinking behind that specific stuff, HIV, was that in people where it's too early to detect, mm-hmm. they don't want to risk giving it to people. Pero because es que- if it's in the beginning stages. The problem is that you don't have to be a Cases and they do not have that for women. Women who have sex with other women, or I think they put it like females who have sex with other females, that's not a thing. Uh-huh. Nor is it for any heterosexual couple. Lo cual right? también, lo cual anybody can exacto. have HIV. Y es un error también porque hay muchos hombres que tienen relaciones con otros hombres y están casados. Even that, you could be in a monogamous relationship and could have been in a monogamous relationship, say for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Tampoco. You still have to abstain. Sí, sí, sí. Tiene que ser. Uh, es con los gays, con los hombres gays. Mm-hmm. La tienen con ellos. Yeah. Wow, qué cosa más grande. Que yo no sabía eso. Yeah. Lo cual es una estupidez, porque tú puedes ser mujer y estar contagiada. Puede ser hombre Anyone, heterosexual yeah. y estar contagiado. Anyone. Ay, wow. Qué estupidez. Bueno, en fin. Yeah. Qué cosa más grande. Este mundo es una locura. So there's many, many ways. I mean, you know, the list goes on, but we're, we're not at the place that we would hope to be even in the United States let alone the rest of the world right where things 
get even a, a little more fuerte. Mm-hmm. Así mismo es. Yeah. Ajá. ¿Y qué me puedes contar de tu historia cuando saliste del closet? O como tú le quieras llamar, como más cómoda te sientas llamándolo. Vaya, cuando le revelaste a tus seres queridos que no eras heterosexual completamente. Yeah, so I had two kind of, I guess, coming out stories. Or, I don't know what the right word is. Revelation, I don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> two somethings, right? One was when I was 18, mm-hmm. and it was something that I did not plan at all. So my parents were looking at new homes to buy. They were looking to move, and they kind of waited until last minute to let me know. Mm. So at this point, I had basically just graduated high school. I was working, I think it was like bartending at a restaurant, and I was also working at an acting school. And, you know, I kind of had, like, my little situation going. I was really starting to, like, branch out and do things in terms of my career by myself for the first time. Because, you know, I've been acting since I was little. Sí. But now I was an adult, right? Sí, sí, so sí, sí, I was sí. starting to take that, like, into my own hands. And I had all these plans and ideas for how the next two or three years were going to be. Because at that point, I was not necessarily sold on going to college. So I was thinking of different options. And yeah, really last minute, once they already had a few places in mind and they had definitely decided, like, regardless, we're going to move is when they told me. So I was really mad. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, why didn't you tell me? You know, I'm preparing with the assumption that I'm living with y'all. If you're moving, either I have to go with you and that changes everything. Or I have to be prepared to live on my own. Which I absolutely was not at that point, right? Like, just got out of high school. Had my little shitty whatever jobs, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And they were like, oh, well, basically. Wow. Make your mind up. So I was pissed. And I remember I was with them. And they were like, well, come with us. You know, you can give us your opinion. Because we're starting to look at homes. So I think it was the very first home that I went with them to look at. It was far. I don't remember if it was South Jersey or Pennsylvania or something. Oh, wow. But it was really, really far. And I was looking and, you know, we're like kind of going through the empty house and I went downstairs to the basement and I'm like pissed. I'm just so mad at them. And I don't know what came over me, but I just decided like, I'm going to tell them I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) And I actually think it was like to spite them. Honestly, (laughs) I think I was mad and I wanted to be like, well, mm, fuck you. I'm gay. (laughs) And literally that's exactly what happened. Like I walked up the basement stairs and I marched right up to both my parents and they were standing and talking. I said, I'm gay. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And, like, their face was just kind of confused. <laughs> my mother didn't say anything. And my father was like, you're not gay. I said, I'm gay. I'm telling you, I'm gay. Why would I tell you I'm gay if I'm not gay? And he was like, gay girls don't look like you. Wow. <laughs> like, legit, that's what he said to me. And, of course, I was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. What are you talking about? Gay girls don't look like me. I'm telling you, this is the truth. This is it, right? Then it just kind of kind of got quiet. And that was it. So we got in the car, and it was a really very, very, very quiet, long-ass ride awkward. home. Awkward, isn't it? Not awkward, because it was just silent. Like, mm-hmm, it was just mm-hmm. not, not, like you couldn't hear people breathing, you know? It was like nothing, crickets. Wow. <laughs> and we got home, and they still don't say anything to me. And then they literally avoided me for, like, about a month after that. 
Wow. Like said very few words to me, if any. It was like minimal contact. I would be... I felt kind of mad too because I'm like, damn, I didn't. That wasn't really the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, I guess I said it kind of like in a spiteful way, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I I wasn't expecting them to just not talk to me anymore. And yeah, it was like such minimal communication. They basically weren't talking to me for for about a month. And then one evening, my father came up to me and he was like, "Hey, that that thing you told me was it for real?" <laughs> right? Just like that. And I said, "No, daddy." And he looked so relieved. And that was that. To be honest, I feel like I wasn't really ready. I don't even know that I fully identified as queer at that point. I knew for sure that I was attracted to other women. And that had always been a thing, you know, since I was younger. Sí. But it was never something that I really, like, claimed. Sí. So I think I hadn't even really officially acknowledged it for myself and when it came out it was the truth but like i didn't really know what that meant to me yet sí, claro. i don't know i think when he asked me that i just said no because it was easier to say no and because i wasn't even really sure if you were quite what yeah. i was saying not that i wasn't sure if i was because I was very sure that I was attracted to people that just weren't cis men mm-hmm. at that point. But it, it wasn't an identity that totally fit yet Okay. either. Okay. So what happens, I continue to live my life. Um, not soon after I decide, well, fuck it. If they're leaving, then I guess I will go with them and I'll go to college. Because what else am I going to do? Otherwise, I'm still not going to be able to do what I wanted to do because now I'm really going to have to just, like, work a bunch of jobs claro. to be on my own. So it doesn't make sense. So I moved with them. Um, whatever, I went to college. And in college, I did date cis men, mostly. There were moments and things that happened with, like, people. But in terms of, like, actual real relationships, they were with cis men. Oh, also, I will say it was kind of terrible because then after that, at the time, I had a lot of women friends who were queer. And anytime they would come around, like, my mom had all these restrictions about us, like, sleeping in the same bed together (laughs) and stuff like that, which annoyed me just because that wasn't the case beforehand. Claro. You know, those same people would come and sleep over and it was fine. But after I said that, even after I took it back, she wasn't having it. Wow. Nope. They have to sleep in a whole different room. Just cannot, whatever, right? So that made me mad too. Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, I guess everyone just sort of like conveniently forgot. Same. Right? And honestly, I gave the answer that he wanted to hear. And obviously, he told my mother and that they wanted to hear because there was never a follow-up question about, like, so why did you say that or mm-hmm, anything? Because mm-hmm. I I do believe had they asked me any follow-up questions, I could have explained more claro. where I was coming from. And then in my fuller answer, you would have understood, even if you didn't want to hear it, claro. oh, wait. Claro, claro. She's not <laughs> straight the way that we want, right? Exactly. But it was just, like, the quickest question, the quickest answer, and that's it. Like, it never came up again. Yeah. Ever. So now I'm in my early 20s and I end up going to Mexico for about a month or so. I was doing this uh, residency, this program, and I just totally fall in love with this person who was my ex. We met instantly. There was like a really strong connection, a really, really strong chemistry. And I knew like immediately, like I already had feelings for that person 
And they spent a lot of time with me there. They left Mexico before I did. But, you know, we had a lot of really close, intimate time to get to know each other and to be intimate. After that, it was kind of unclear what was going to happen. I came back home. This person was Canadian. So they lived literally in a different country. We kept in contact as friends. And, you know, it got to the point where we had to make a decision. Like, what is this? Is this a friendship or is it a relationship? And we decided that it was a relationship. And so now, for the first time in my life, in a real way, right, that wasn't just like flirting or kissing or, you know, doing little things with people. Um, I had someone who I was in a monogamous, supposed to be monogamous relationship with. So that was like, now I'm, I'm going to have to revisit this mm-hmm. because now there's someone who's really important to me in my life that I'm sharing this space and time with. Now, I think it was uh, a little easier not to tell them initially because the person lived in another country. So I would go see them for like months at a time. Their understanding was that this is someone that I did art with, which I did. That was true. Uh We did a lot of projects and stuff together. Initially, I would go to Canada a lot. The first time they came, I was still living with my parents. You know, I was recently graduated from college. Mm -hmm. And... They met them, and they liked them. They all got along really well. It was nice. It was pleasant. I was planning on telling them, my parents, after they left. You know, like, by the way, this person I'm dating or whatever. But I didn't have the opportunity to do that because before they left, um, they were in my room. And I think I was sitting on their lap or something, and the door was open. And my father, like, walked by and saw that. Mm. And just so everyone else has the picture, this person is... A very obviously visually like queer person. No one would ever think that this person is not (laughs) Mm -hmm, queer, mm -hmm. right? So uh, they're a gender fluid person, very stereotypically sort of looking. You know, there's just a look. Like people see people and think like, oh, this person's definitely gay. And then other people like they never think it. And they definitely fell into the (laughs) definitely gay category, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was clear what their sexuality was, even if they didn't really understand what their gender was. But mine, not until that happened. And so we left. And then when we left the house, because we were going to go to the city, I got a call from my father. And my father was always really funny because nothing was ever him. It was always my mom that had the problem with everything, according to him. Right. <laughs> He'd be, he was like, well, I just want to tell you, it's probably not a good idea that you come that you come back with that person tonight when you come back and I'm like why and he's like well you know I saw you sitting on her I'm pretty sure he said right so at this point he's referring to them as a her as a she but they weren't they were them and I told your mother and she's not very happy about it Mm. so when you come back come back alone basically wow and I'm like I'm not coming back alone because they're staying with us claro Hmm, Claro. what do you you want me to do like (laughs) leave them on the street claro no so then he was like, well, then don't come back, right? Not like don't come back ever, mm-hmm. but like figure it out. Sí, sí, sí. Because you Yo two no coming back aquí. together mm-hmm. is not going to work. And that was that. Uh, it was really rough after that. Eventually they did leave soon. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we came back. We ended up staying with other people or something until it was time for them to leave. And it was just like a full out war. They acted like we had never had that conversation when I was 18, too. Not that we had a conversation. It sí. wasn't a conversation. Sí. But they really acted like they were discovering this for the first time in their lives. Claro. You know? Pero también fue, fue fácil para ellos olvidarse de la conversación que habían tenido cuando tú tenías 18. Porque después tú le negaste a tu papá. 
que tú eras I don't think y you, después I don't tú think you dated men after that yeah I don't think anyone forgets that though no es que te olvides and pero they should si, have told me that that never happened that conversation sí pero no es que tú te olvides pero si la persona te está diciendo que no que es mentira y después tú ves que la persona sigue teniendo novios mm -hmm. pues entonces tampoco es lo primero que te viene a la mente Entiendes. No, it's not going to be the first thing, but when that happens, it's going to be triggered, right? Because remember, they didn't speak to me for a month. Sí, sí, it was sí. like it wasn't like a a passerby moment. Sí, sí, sí. This happened really quick. Oh, and that was it. Oh, sí. you could forget. Like they they were thinking about that every day for a month mm -hmm. at least, right? Claro, claro. And then after that, I was still on their radar because my mom would not let me sleep in the same room. Claro. With my girlfriends that were gay sí, sí. would not let it happen, right? So this is something that they were constantly thinking about for a while. I think that it's true. Once they saw that I was dating uh, cis guys and stuff like that, they were probably like relieved and like, okay, it wasn't true. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that you could just forget happened. You know? Pero si, and, tú lo quieres, pero si tú lo quieres hacer pasar como que it never happened, pues... Well, that's certainly what they did. Because Exacto. I was like, all right, remember when I told you this and this time and you had a terrible fucking reaction? Like, you've had all this time to sort of, like, let it sink in. They're like, that conversation never happened. That never, like, completely negated wow. it. Like, it was, like, delete. <laughs> wow. Deleted the whole situation. Wow, wow, wow. And, y con los hombres. No, but when it came to my friends, mm -hmm. if it was a, a cis male friend... But mm -hmm. they wouldn't even be sleeping over. I had no male friends that were yeah. sleeping over. Yeah. But my girlfriends did sometimes, you know? Sí. And it was never an issue until that. And ¿Y then, qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó? Después, después que esa persona se fue, ¿tú te fuiste de tu casa o seguiste viviendo ahí? I lived there for a little bit more. Not too long. I think I lasted maybe another two months. Okay. Before I officially moved out by myself. Okay. Um, and yeah, the next few months were just really bad. They were really hard. We fought a lot. Mm. And if, if we were talking, they would talk to me about everything but. Eso. Right? It was, it was just a topic that was not on the table. It was a mm. conversation that could not happen. There was no acknowledgement of my partner at the time mm -hmm. at all even though it's clear you know i was still going to canada i was you know that person was clearly still in my life but they did completely just didn't acknowledge it wow and when i would bring it up or i would ask them like why aren't you asking me or like don't you want to know and this and that it would turn into wars so it was get that, that well initially it was like no it's not that it's just i have to understand this and that da, da, da. and then as the fights really started happening and, and actually there was this one moment where It really all came out, like everything. Because I think we were all kind of holding on to like mm, feelings and it would come out in snippets. Sí. But uh, there was one day where I was just like, okay, enough is enough. Like the silence is killing me. I can't anymore. We're just going to sit down and we're all going to have a conversation. And it's going to, in my head, really, I was so naive. I thought like it's going to be better after we have this conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit my whole family down. We're all going to talk. I'm going to allow them to ask me any fucking question they want to ask me, right? Like, I will answer it because I really wanted them to understand, you know? And then I thought it's going to be better. And that's what I did. I sat my whole family down and my grandparents were there and everything. And I was like, okay, obviously the elephant in the room is that I'm queer. And clearly it makes you very uncomfortable. Let's just have a conversation about it. Let's just talk. And it was crickets again. Like, no one said anything. Well. Except for my brother. And my brother was like, well, I love you and I want you to be happy. So as long as you're happy, I don't care. 
you know, I love you. That's not going to change. And then crickets again. (laughs) And my little sister, who was one of the first people to know, was like, thank you. Thank you, Ito. Thank you for being the only one to say anything. Because she's like being really vulnerable and trying to have this conversation and no one's saying anything. And then it was crickets again. And then my mother started talking. And we started arguing and everyone left. And that was the conversation. Me and my mom were screaming at each other, like at the top of our lungs. And my father left, my grandparents left. Everyone just left and did their own thing. And then my grandparents tried to check up on me like later in the day by also not speaking to it. Yeah. But by being like, Like you just have to give it time, you know? But they also didn't say anything. It was that up until I really just made it clear, like, well, this is a problem that y'all have. I know I'm not in the wrong. So, like, you're just going to have to get over it. And until you can get over it, we don't have to speak. We don't have to have a relationship. I love yous, but I'm not going to allow you to treat me like this because I didn't do anything wrong. And you're wrong. And then they started to come around after a while. To come around to still have small talks or to talk about... I mean, they were trying. I think it took them a while before they were really actually truly comfortable. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm not expecting for someone to go from zero to 100. I just didn't want it to be what it was. And it was just so, so uncomfortable for me and for my partner at the time, too. Until they were a little bit more open, until they would go out of their way to invite them to dinners, Mm -hmm. invite them to the house, you know. And there was that and there was more of a dialogue. And and then it was just baby steps. But when they were trying, right, and it wasn't just like, we're going to pretend that this whole part of you, like, is a non-thing then that's when I was more open to being like alright okay sí yeah. claro es intenso qué pena qué pena que esas cosas sucedan porque al final la vida es tan corta y, y son boberías tú sabes cuánta gente se muere tú sabes sin y cuando la, la muerte pasa no te da tiempo a decir nada no te da tiempo a decir goodbye no te da tiempo a despedirte no te da tiempo a nada gente pierden a sus hijos tu mamá le pasó ¿entiendes? y imagínate que tu hermano hubiera sido gay y hubieran perdido tanto tiempo de vida en esta bobería. Uh-huh. ¿Entiendes? La vida es tan corta. Tu mamá ahora mismo hace pocos meses estuvo luchando por su vida también. Y, y, y lo que le daba fuerza para luchar eran sus hijos. Entonces, como todo tu propio hijo, por el que tú tienes tanto amor que es suficiente como para luchar, como para salir adelante, como para enfrentar una enfermedad. Sin embargo, porque es gay, le vas a hacer rechazo, ¿no? Es una contradicción. El amor a veces es contradictorio. Sobre todo cuando es un amor... Eh, que, que se ve impedido, ¿no? Por cosas sociales, por tabúes sociales, uh-huh. ¿entiendes? Eh, la gente dice, no, el amor es condicional. El amor debería ser incondicional, pero a veces no. El amor viene con muchas condiciones, incluso cuando es amor de tus propios padres, uh-huh. que no está supuesto a ser así, ¿no? You know? Yeah, it's always talk, but, you know, the light at the other tunnel is that we're very much past that. No, no, absolutamente. You know? Absolutamente. It gets better sometimes. Sí, sí, sí. In my sí, case, sí. it got better. In your case, it got yeah. better. That's but, so bad. But in the beginning, it was rough. And obviously, people have it a lot harder, you mm-hmm. know? But it wasn't fun. Wow. What yeah. about you, girl? <laughs> bueno, me, yo... Estoy teniendo, yo estoy pasando ahora mismo por un proceso raro con mi familia uh-huh. en relación con eso mismo. 
Yo salí del closet cuando yo empecé a sentirme segura en que estaba interesada en mujeres. Yo incluso ya salí del closet, ya yo había salido del closet por lo menos dos años llevaba yo, no, mentira, por lo menos un año llevaba yo dating women para el tiempo en el que le dije a mi mamá, para el tiempo en el que me llené de valor y decirle a mi mamá, a decirle a mi mamá que yo era gay, ya yo había por lo menos empezado a estar con mujeres única y exclusivamente, uh -huh. por lo menos un año. Yo tendría como la edad de 24 años, 25, por ahí. Uh -huh. Y yo se lo dije un día, nosotros, mi mamá y yo conversábamos todos los días por el chat. Y un día le dije, mamá, tengo que decirte algo así mismo por el chat. Y se lo dije. Y después vi que se quedó como muda el chat. No me respondió nada y la llamé. El por... chat, y eso quiere decir que, like, el chat, when there's a little bubbles that you could see. Yeah, we were chatting. Uh -huh. We were chatting, like, through Messenger. Okay. And. Through, like, WhatsApp. Por, ajá. Por, Or, like, Facebook Messenger. Sí, ajá. Okay. Por Messenger. Y yo le dije eso. No sé cómo vino el tema. Y yo le dije eso. Y no me respondió más. Como cuando yo vi que pasaron 10 minutos y no me respondió, la llamé. Y la llamé y estaba, imagínate, llorando y sufriendo. Y yo le dije, pero mamá, ¿qué te pasa? esto Tú nunca has sido una persona con tabúes, tú nunca has sido una persona homofóbica. Lo mismo en tu casa. Nunca en mi casa se hizo un comentario derogativo hacia nadie que le gustaran las personas. En mi casa no se es homofóbico, supuestamente. Uh -huh. Pero ya cuando ves a quien ya de la familia, ya la cosa cambia. Uh -huh. No, el problema no es ese, el problema es la sociedad, cómo te va a tratar, te vas a quedar sola. Me dije, mamá, quedarse sola no tiene nada que ver con tu relación sexual. Uh -huh. Tú eres heterosexual y estás sola hace, desde que te divorciaste mi papá. Uh -huh. Que tenía, no tenías ni 30 años. Eso no tiene nada que ver con tu relación sexual. Y hay gente que tienen, eh, que son gay y tienen su pareja. Uh -huh. Una cosa no tiene nada que ver con la otra. Sí, yo sé, pero el problema es que la sociedad los maltrata y lo. El, ella lo que me quería decir era que. Ella no quería que yo fuera gay porque no quería que yo sufriera lo que las personas gays sufren en una sociedad tan cruel como la que vivimos. Uh -huh. En parte es verdad, pero cuando la crueldad o la incomprensión, no es ser crueldad porque mamá no es cruel, nunca lo ha sido conmigo, pero cuando la incomprensión parte desde tu propia familia, desde tu propia casa, que son la gente que están supuestos a, a brindarte el apoyo y a, y a solidificar tu confianza en ti mismo para uh -huh. luchar contra el mundo, es mucho más difícil enfrentar al mundo. No es lo mismo tener un familiar que te diga, yo te apoyo 100%, sé y vive como sea, y si tienes que fajarte con el mundo, fájate, ni pinga, no importa, que uh -huh. yo estoy aquí contigo, uh -huh. vamos a luchar juntos. A alguien que te diga, ay, pero el mundo te va a maltratar. Y es el primero que te maltrata. Uh -huh. O el primero que no te acepta. Sí. ¿Me entiendes? Tú estás siendo parte de ese mundo cruel que tú estás criticando. En parte, la entiendo porque es mi madre. Y por supuesto no quiere que yo esté expuesta a nada que me vaya a herir los sentimientos. Pero a la misma vez, me dolió mucho esa falta de, de fuerza que me dio. Uh -huh. Básicamente me estás haciendo sentir vergüenza o miedo en ser lo que soy. Me estás dando miedo a ser como soy. Uh -huh. Porque dije, me van a discriminar. Que me discriminen no importa, ya le partiré la cara a alguien. Pero como madre, tú tienes que ayudar a tus hijos a que su confianza no se vea desmoronada. Especialmente si tú sabes que allá afuera lo va, se la van a tratar de desmoronar. ¿Entiendes? Entonces, luego con mi papá fue distinto. Mis padres son divorciados. Obviamente, en mi caso es diferente de Samantha. Yo tuve que decírselo por separado. A mi papá se lo dije, yo creo que hace como dos años. Mi papá no sabía que yo era gay, porque mi papá y yo no tenemos una buena relación. Entonces yo no me siento con confianza suficiente con él como para ventilarle mis problemas personales. No solamente de mi sexualidad, todos mis problemas personales, cualquiera. Uh -huh. No tiene que ser 
solamente mi sexualidad en específico. Entonces yo nunca me sentí con ese deseo de sentarme con mi papá a hablar de nada, ni a explicarle nada, ni a decirle nunca, nada. Nunca, nunca, nunca. Si fuera un padre con el que yo tuviera una buena relación, sí, por supuesto, se lo hubiera dicho como se lo dije a mi mamá. Uh -huh. Pero no, como no tengo una relación con él, me da lo mismo que lo sepa o no. En realidad, que mi papá lo supiera o no, a mí me da igual. Uh -huh. Pero un día en una discusión que tuvimos, porque las discusiones y la ira siempre sacan uh -huh. estas cosas que tú quieres like, tirárselo en la cara, pa, como uh -huh. mismo te pasó a ti la primera vez. Uh -huh. Se lo dije. Yo le dije, tú eres un padre que no te ocupas de mí, tú de mí no sabes nada. Tú... Mira, yo celebré mi cumpleaños número 30. Sí, yo, sí, hace dos años lo sabe, porque voy a cumplir 32, eso fue cuando yo cumplí 30. Yo le dije, yo cumplí mi cumpleaños número 30, y tú como padre, estando aquí, ni siquiera te, te, te tomaste el, el trabajo de darme un regalo o de salir conmigo y cumplimos el mismo día. No es un cumpleaños cualquiera, es los 30, los 20, los 40, son marcas, fechas importantes, uh -huh. sobre todo si tu hija es mujer. Entonces, yo si no hubiera sido por mi novia, porque, by the way, tengo novia porque soy gay, hubiera tenido los, unos 30 malísimos, porque tú ni, si, ni siquiera, y así fue como salió en la discusión y se lo dije. Ah, oh, él dice que ya sabía que yo era gay. Dice que ya lo supo porque alguien se lo dijo. A mí me da igual como lo supo, si no lo supo, me da lo mismo. Uh -huh. Pero bueno, así fue como, como salió. Mi papá reaccionó un poco mejor que mi mamá, en el sentido que él lo que me dijo fue, ah, yo lo sabía. Fue lo único que me dijo. Yo lo sabía, alguien me lo dijo. Y después de eso tuvimos otra conversación en la que él me dijo, tú eres mi hija y como tú quieras ser, yo te voy a aceptar siempre. No me importa si estás con mujer, con hombre, con lo que te esté de lado, como si estás sola, no me importa, tú eres mi hija y yo siempre te voy a querer igual. Mm. So, él fue un poquitico menos harsh que mi mamá. Ahora, mi mamá, a pesar de que lo sabe desde el principio... Cuando yo fui a Cuba la primera vez que la vi personalmente, después de haber yo salido del closet, yo traté un día de tocar el tema y ella lo evadió. Uh -huh. Eso me molestó, porque ahí me estoy dando cuenta de que tú me estás aceptando, pero me estás aceptando silenciosamente. Entonces eso no es aceptación. Uh -huh. Y algo que tú tengas que hacer escondido o en silencio o con disimulo para no darle mucha luz, uh -huh. eh, eh, no es aceptación. Pero bueno, como yo no tenía nada pasando seriamente en mi vida en aquel momento, me dio como que igual. No me gustó, pero me dio igual. Uh -huh. Ahora, ¿qué es lo que está pasando en estos momentos? Ya yo tengo una relación contigo de dos años. Y por lo menos en mis planes no está que tú salgas de mi vida anytime soon. Entonces lo que está pasando es que yo estoy creando una vida contigo y paralelamente tengo mi familia. Entonces tú estás siendo ahora parte de lo que es mi familia, pero mi familia no, cuando habla conmigo, actúa como si tú no existieras. Como si mi relación contigo no existiera. Uh -huh. Cosa que yo sé que si tú fueras hombre, fuera completamente diferente. Estarían all up in our business. Uh -huh. Cómo les va, y cómo es esto, y cómo es otro, y cómo te trata, y cómo están, y cómo viven juntos, y cómo se la están arreglando, y esto, y lo otro, y esto, y lo otro. Pero como es contigo, a mí no se me pregunta ni siquiera por ti. Y eso, en un principio, no molesta tanto, porque tú estás en el principio de la relación, tú no sabes qué es lo que va a pasar, tú no sabes, yo te estaba conociendo. Pero ya en un momento como ahora, que ya estoy viviendo contigo, que ya estamos haciendo planes para el futuro, que ya las cosas ya están solidificadas de una manera que, unless we break up, we're not gonna separate, uh -huh. ya es tiempo ya de que, empiecen a reconocer que tú estás en mi vida y que tú eres mi mujer y que tú eres mi pareja. Uh -huh. Y de que ahora tú eres parte de mi familia, que es ellos también. 
¿Entiendes? Si tú y yo tenemos hijos, son nietos de mi mamá, uh -huh. y son sobrinos de mis tías y mis tíos y sobrinos de mis primos. Uh -huh. Entonces, ¿cómo tú, mi familia, que yo creo con mi mujer, no le vas a dar ningún tipo de reconocimiento, aunque no tengamos hijos? ¿Qué es lo que van a esperar? Que yo tenga hijos para reconocer, ah, ahora Samantha es la mujer porque ahora tiene hijos. Uh -huh. No, uh -huh. tú desde el principio, tú tienes que darle un respeto y un reconocimiento a mi relación, cómo les va, cómo viven, cómo se la están, como te dije, ¿no? Uh -huh. Y me estoy dando cuenta que eso no sucede. Entonces, yo le echo a eso un poco de rechazo. Entonces, ¿qué es lo que sucede? Mi familia me llama y ya no tengo el mismo tiempo para hablar con ellos porque obviamente trabajo y ahora te tengo a ti. Entonces, cuando sí hablamos de si tengo tiempo, es small talk y me molesta. Porque las partes más importantes de mi vida, yo las comparto contigo pero como no quieren hablar de ti, no me preguntan por esas partes importantes de mi vida. ¿Entiendes? Y eso me molesta con cojones. Y hace unos días atrás, yo tuve una discusión con mi mamá tremenda que todavía no hemos, que no hemos hablado. Todavía. Va a ser ya casi tres semanas, diría yo. Eso fue el día del cumpleaños de mi abuela, que fue 3 de junio. Y ya estamos finalizando casi el mes. Y yo se lo dije, no quiero hablar contigo porque cada vez que hablamos, que hablamos es para preguntarme mierda. Y yo para hablar mierda no tengo tiempo. Yo tengo tiempo para hablar temas y de, de hablarte de mi vida de verdad. Yo estoy sola en este país. Yo necesito a mi familia. Y lo único que ustedes me pueden dar es hablar conmigo de mi vida, de lo que me sucede, de mis dolencias, de mis carencias. Yo necesito a mi familia. Y yo no puedo hablar contigo que tú me preguntes 10 veces... 10 veces por hey, y, y, y cómo te fue la canción que estabas grabando el otro día 10 veces me preguntaste por la canción 10 veces te di la misma respuesta pero no me preguntas por mi mujer no me preguntas cómo me va mi relación no me preguntas cómo estoy en mi nueva casa cómo me va viviendo con una pareja por primera vez uh -huh. estas cosas no me las preguntas pero me preguntas por una canción de pinga que ya te dije 10 veces lo que pasó con la canción uh -huh. Yo no estoy para eso. O si hay frío en Nueva York o calor. Yo no estoy para eso. Yo tengo poco tiempo limitado, de verdad. Si vamos a hablar, vamos a hablar en serio. Pregúntame cómo me va con mi relación, cómo me va con mi mujer, cómo me va en la salud, en la en todo. O si no, del trabajo. Ese limita a saber de la música y del trabajo. Ya. Y entonces yo digo, esto no está bien. ¿Por qué? Porque es la parte de, de mi no, déjame no tocar ese tema. Uh -huh. Déjame, porque en el fondo no lo aceptan. Y, a, y claro, antes no era notable porque no había nadie en mi vida, pero ahora sí. La única persona que yo llamo y que siempre me pregunta por cómo me va con nosotros en nuestra relación es mi padrino de religioso y mi tía la de Florida. ¿Ya? Siempre. Que mi tía hable con el otro y siempre. ¿Y cómo te sientes viviendo ahí? ¿Cómo están las cosas entre ustedes y la relación? ¿Y cómo se llega? Mi tía la de Florida y mi padrino. Que siempre igual me pregunta por ti la relación. ¿Cómo estamos? ¿Cómo nos llevamos? ¿Cómo me siento viviendo? Ya. Pero ni de mi madre, ni de mis tíos. Mi papá te saluda. Por lo menos cuando llama, salúdame Samantha. Pero tampoco ves que vi cómo te va y cómo le va. No. Entonces es como una cosa, yo es una cosa muy rara, muy rara, muy rara, muy off-putting, disappointing. Y hace raro que yo tengo unas ganas de hablar con mi mamá y la extraño. Pero yo creo que me voy a incomodar. Y creo que me va a decir algo que me va a doler. Y no quiero hablar. Entonces pasan los días y digo, hoy la voy a llamar. Y al otro día, la voy a llamar hoy. Y al otro día, y la voy a llamar. Yo estoy atrasando esa conversación porque todavía estoy hurt. Sí. Y no quiero gritar, y no quiero alterarme, y no quiero... ¿Entiendes? 
Entonces, porque a veces no es solamente el salir del closet, a veces uno sale del closet, pero es después los problemas que vienen, cómo la gente toma esa revelación que tú le das. Esa información que tú le das, ¿me entiendes? No es que ya salí del closet y me quité el peso encima, no. Después de eso vienen otras cosas, uh -huh. ¿entiendes? Como esto, por ejemplo, el no aceptar a tu pareja, el que cualquier persona que tú le presentas les cae mal. Yo, como yo le dije a ella, la persona que me apoya, que se levanta conmigo, que se acuesta conmigo, que me oye mi cantaleta, que está aquí conmigo, mi compañera de lucha, de pelea, todos los días aquí, es esa mujer. No es más nadie. Cuando uno está en una relación, todo lo que uno hace, o parte, la mayoría de las cosas que uno hace, uno lo hace planificada con la persona con la que uno vive, con tu pareja. Si yo, como hija de mi mamá, la ayudo, o le mando dinero, o, o la traigo para este país, o voy a Cuba a visitar, en eso estás envuelta tú también. ¿Entiendes? Porque para yo poder ayudar a mi mamá económicamente, yo tengo que tener el apoyo de alguien, que en este caso eres tú. ¿Para por qué? Porque, eh, hablo del apoyo de alguien no porque tú me des el dinero, sino porque cuando yo me levanto a trabajar, el, eh, ese, apoyo, ese apoyo emocional, ese apoyo espiritual, esa, cuando yo me levanto a trabajar todos los días y me siento motivada, pero no me siento motivada de trabajo de eso porque, ah, eh, sino porque llego a mi casa y tengo la comida hecha y tengo a alguien que me dé cariño y tengo a alguien que me da un consejo y que me dice que no hagas esto así. Lo bueno que a mí me pasa en la vida como persona tiene mucho que ver contigo. ¿Entiendes? Mi éxito como ahora mismo como profesional o, o músico o lo que sea, tiene mucho que ver contigo. Entonces tú tienes que reconocer, coño, mi hijo ha llegado a donde está, pero esta persona lo ha ayudado a estar donde está. Uh -huh. Coño, mi hijo, mi hijo me puede ayudar, pero me puede ayudar porque tiene a quien lo ayude a él allí. ¿Entiendes lo que te quiero decir? A él o a ella, ¿no? O ella, ajá, o ella. Poder decir, coño, voy a ir a Estados Unidos. Te vas a quedar en una casa que no pago yo solamente. Es de mi mujer también. El día que yo vaya a Cuba, nosotros estamos pagando pasaje, equipaje, estancia, comida. Que eso no viene de mi bolsillo, es de tuyo también. ¿Me entiendes? Nosotros llevamos ropa para Cuba que no son mías solamente, son tuyas también. Y es una colaboración, es un equipo. Entonces tú estás cogiendo todos los beneficios que vienen de mí, pero son beneficios que vienen también de Samantha. Entonces eh, no me gusta eso. Y estoy pasando esa situación por primera vez porque salir del closet como tal no fue problema porque no había nadie en mi vida ocupando un lugar. Pero ahora que lo hay, es un poquito, un poquito difícil. Yeah. ¿Sabes? Yeah. Un poquito difícil. No, I know. I'm a part of it. <laughs> I'm uh -huh, here. Uh -huh, uh -huh. I feel it too. You know, but I I think mostly I just empathize with you because I've, I've been through that. You know? Yeah. So, no. like, I went through it. I know how it felt. I know how much it bothered me and how much it hurt me. Exactly. Eventually it worked out. But sí. it wasn't because, wasn't because of them. Sí. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it wasn't because they were like all right we really have to check ourselves and like do what we need to do to make her feel comfortable and do what we need to do to make ourselves feel comfortable claro. it's because i put them in a really uncomfortable situation sí, claro. 
And it's like, okay, well, you don't want to accept this part of me, then mm-hmm, like, I don't mm-hmm. really want to know anything. Exacto. Because until you can get over that, we don't really have anything to talk about. Exacto. No, así mismo lo dije yo a mi mamá. I'm not saying that you should do no, that. No, no, no. Es que ya lo hice ya. Yo lo hice ya. In the moment, you know, mine, mm-hmm. mine was, I'm sure, longer than yours will be. But I, I did have to, like, kind of back them up into a corner sí. before they realized, damn, if she's going to take it to that point. Claro. We really do have to Exactamente. start changing things. Exactamente. Exactamente. A mí no me gustaría pelear con mi mamá. ¿A quién le gusta eso? Pero es, es inaceptable. Mm. Ese tipo de trato es inaceptable. Porque no, no solamente es el hecho de invisibilizarse a ti. Están invisibilizando también una parte mía. Mm-hmm. Entonces eso no... ¿Me vas a aceptar como soy completa o no me acepte? Ya. Y me duele con que ya, porque es mi madre y es mi familia y yo los adoro con la vida. Pero eso son cosas que están mal y que no se permiten bajo ningún concepto. Pero ahí, como dicen en Cuba, con esos jueces hay que harán hasta que esos jueces se encaminen. <ríe> si tú te dejas mangonear por la gente, hacen contigo lo que le da la gana. Y al final la vida se te va en eso, complaciendo a la gente. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I believe that that's gonna get better. I think it's just... I mean, it sucks for me too. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I'm your first. Sí, exactamente. <laughs> tú yeah. estás en la misma posición que estaba tu pareja mm-hmm. cuando te te pasó. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they had a run. You went through everything they needed to go through. Didn't ever see themselves having to go through that again. All of a sudden, they're in a situation where they're dating someone where they're It's the same with me and you. Exactly. I never want the you know. I <laughs> I've had the the fortune up until now of always dating people who have been out for a really long time, who sí. had partners before me and stuff like that. So it wasn't like I was confronted necessarily with that. Now I'm in a situation where it's sucky because, like, I know. But I knew that even, you know, from the beginning that sí. there was a discomfort. And we just didn't know that things were necessarily going to get so serious. Hey, sí, claro. That's what we didn't know. But I think just like everything, you know, it'll pass. But it, it it's really going to have to come from them. Claro. You know? Claro. They're going to have to realize. No, me like, están oh, haciendo llamadita. Ya me están empezando a hacer llamadita. Lo que pasa es que... Las veces que me han llamado yo no he podido cogerla. Mm-hmm. Pero ya me están empezando a llamar aquí y atender. Y yo sé que es mi mamá. Mm-hmm. Pero bueno, en fin. <ríe> hay que esperar a ver. Yeah. Well. It is what it is, caballero. Con los padres hay que tener paciencia, pero no mucha. Dependiendo en el lugar donde te la posición que te ponga. Son otras generaciones también, otros tiempos. El sistema en mi país es muy cochino. La gente no... Eh, da, no, no están muy informados, la ignorancia, el machismo, todo eso sigue ahí como, como el primer día. Eso en Cuba no se ha movido, eso sigue ahí como el primer día, fucking día. Yeah, but not to be gloomy. I mean, <laughs> happy Pride. No, definitivamente Happy Pride, porque al final del día, esto, estas historias de nosotros son historias de coraje. Mm-hmm. Y eso es lo que somos nosotros, las personas gay, que, que, o, 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 o queer, o transgender, o como quiera, lo, lo que sea que te identifique. Es coraje. Echar para adelante, enfrentarte a quien tenga que enfrentarte. Si es tu familia, es tu familia. Si es un jefe, es un jefe. Mm-hmm. Si es un compañero de trabajo, un compañero de trabajo, hay que sea, por ser. Tú. Eso no es triste. Lo que nos está pasando a nosotros sucks yeah. and it's infuriating y frustrante. Yeah. Pero triste no. Yeah. Triste es que, que tú no puedas de verdad salir de, de, de una situación be así. Exactamente. You can't be happy that you can't fully express yourself. Mm-hmm. As, Exacto. You know, the complex, beautiful, special person that you are because other people are uncomfortable. Because other people don't understand. Like, it's not for anybody else to understand. El problema no es de uno, es de ellos. Right. 
It's, 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 but it doesn't, like, whether other people understand or not, like, who cares? Claro, claro. It's, it's not your fucking business. Exactamente. Exactamente. <laughs> it's not, because it's not you, right? It's not that you're not affected by people mm-hmm. that you love or the people in your circle, but, like, it's not you. It's not your life. Exactamente. So if you're not doing anything that's where you're explicitly harming yourself, mm-hmm. right? And might, people might see it that way. They might be like, oh, this is making your life worse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harder maybe, but better because you can be you. Exactamente. There's nothing worse than having to pretend that you're somebody that you're not or mm-hmm. having to hide pieces of yourself because mm-hmm. you don't feel like the world is ready. Fuck that. Exactamente. 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 Coraje, mi gente. Coraje, fuerza y valor. No hay más nada, pero la vida es una sola. Hay que enfrentarse a lo que venga. A lo que venga y a partir cara por ahí para allá. Nada. El que te diga algo que no te guste, cuatro piñazos. No, mentira. No, no estamos incitando a la violencia. No estamos incitando a la violencia. No estamos incitando a la violencia. Digo cuatro piñazos en un sentido figurado. No literalmente. <risa> You have to tell some of your stories one day. <laughs> we have an episode about that. But okay. anyway, yes. <laughs> uh, sending so much love to everybody. And extra, extra, extra special love to our queer babies. Segura, segura. We love you so much. We love you so much. Sí, sí, we sí. see you. You're special. You're important. You're beautiful. We love you. We love you. We love you. We are you. You are us. We love you. Exactamente. Los queremos, mi gente. Happy Pride. Feliz Día del Orgullo Gay. Chao, pescado. Y cuida y todo lo que exista. All right. Bye.